Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our podcast. You know, we started this year focusing on our identity. And why is that? Because everything flows from who we are. And who are we? We are children of God. And why does that matter? Because God created you for a purpose. And the enemy doesn't want you to achieve what God has for you. You know, the global crisis that hit us over a year ago is still within the midst of us today. Not just here, but around the world. Just about every part of our lives has been disrupted. We've seen loved ones pass away this year. Friends and family, husbands and wives suffer suffer with COVID. Celebrations have been canceled. Church was closed for some time. Human interaction came to a crawl. In our country, we have seen complete division and civil discourse appears to be all but gone. But in the midst of all this, we have been reminded of who we are and who matters the most. Now that we know this, we need to focus on restoration. Often in a crisis, we focus more on reacting. Reacting definitely has a place in the moment. We don't always have the luxury of spending days or weeks trying to figure out what to do next. I have found though that when we start to get into the mindset of reacting, we forget about the future and focus only in the moment. And when we do this for a long period of time, we really go nowhere. And then we look around us and things become unrecognizable. It's time for us to restore. I believe the crisis we have been been in has revealed cracks in our society, our governments, and our churches. When things are going well, we just seem to coast along and ride the wave just as long as it carries us. The very worst thing we can do in this moment is simply go back to what was normal and pretend the last 14 months never happened. We are not just going to restore We are going to restore and more. We have to. However, I know many of you are weary. I've spoken to a lot of you by phone, messenger, text, and email. And I've heard you, and I feel for you. I am weary too. I'm discouraged. I'm uncertain. I'm searching for rest, but sometimes I just can't find it. And I'm just being honest with you. And it's okay to be honest. Thankfully, we serve a God who takes care of us when we are in these moments. You know, doing the right thing and standing for truth when everyone else opposes you or stands in a gray area takes faith. It takes strength and perseverance. I want to tell you about a great prophet named Elijah. The crisis that he was in during his time was very unimaginable. It pales into comparison than anything we've ever seen in our lifetime and lifetimes before. In all of the accounts of Elijah, it would appear that he is some kind of superhero. Let's take a look at his bio for a minute. He defeated the prophets of false gods. He confronted kings about their worship of false gods. He called rain into existence to end a drought. He performed many, many miracles. He trained his replacement, Elisha, who became a great prophet himself. He didn't die. He was taken up to heaven by God himself. We're going to listen to an account from 1 Kings about Elijah, but I want to give you a bit of a a backstory before we get started. God's people were in a very bad way at this point in time. They were distracted by those shiny little things that the enemy likes to use to take us away from the direction we're supposed to be going in. And they all but abandoned God and started worshiping some God they called Baal. Elijah was the last prophet of God, literally. Think about that for a moment. You know, all the prophets 
abandoned our God, the God, during this time. Yet, there was just one left in the land that God had given them. He was alone in the nation that was falling apart. If you have ever been in a comment war on social media, you can start to understand you know, just how much of a toll that will take on you. Especially when absolutely nobody believes you and anything you say is rejected and people write you off as crazy and misled. That's where Elijah was at this moment in history. So here's the story. God gave Elijah the command to go and present yourself to Ahab, who was the king at the time. The one who wanted him dead, by the way. So Elijah ends up meeting Ahab, and Ahab says this, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who were supported by Jezebel. So basically, Elijah is challenging them. He's challenging who their God is compared to who the God is. 950 prophets to one, and Elijah was the one. Ahab liked those odds, so he said, sure. He invited all the prophets plus the people of Israel, and then there was Elijah. There were also some who still worshipped the Lord, the true God, in Israel, but not many. So Elijah starts the contest by saying this, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Baal was nothing but a made-up God, and if you do any research on it, Baal was also used generically to, to say any God that wasn't God, you know, that we know. So here's a made-up God, and, and Elijah challenges them. He challenges them to build an offering, including the wood and the sacrifice, but not to light it. And he said that the God that burns up the offering wins. So Elijah even let them go first, these 950 prophets who were up there. And from morning till noon, all the prophets of Baal danced around and they, they called out offerings and they, they spoke his name and basically they tried to worship him and entice him to burn up this offering that they put in front of him. So Elijah starts to have fun with him about noon. And I love Elijah. I just I can't wait to see him and meet him. He was he he's just awesome to me. So he starts making fun of them. In 1 Kings 18.27, we read, About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed. For surely he's, he is a god. Perhaps he's daydreaming, or maybe he's relieving himself. Yes, he actually said that. Or maybe he's away on a trip, or is asleep and needs to be awakened. The 450 prophets took, up a, took it up a notch, and they started cutting themselves as a blood sacrifice to entice their god to burn up the offerings to show them just how deeply committed they were to this false god. By the end of the day, Elijah stops them and says, just just stop. You've, you've had enough time. Now watch God work. The first thing he does is he rebuilds the altar to the Lord that was torn down, and he set up the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Not only that, but he digs a trench that could hold three gallons of water, 
he gets the bow ready and the wood ready and everything set up and he has someone fill four large jars of water and he says this he says you know what dump all that water on the offering it's kind of counterintuitive if you are looking to burn something up but he said to do that and then he had them do that three more times so three times they filled four large jars of water and poured it over the offering then he praised this O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all of this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. And then scripture tells us immediately, fire from heaven came down and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even evaporated all the water in the trench. That is amazing. And the people saw it, and the people knew it, and the people fell face down and started worshiping God again. What an incredible sight that would have been to behold. To top it all off, the land that Ahab and all the other false prophets were living in had been under a drought for three years. Which is is interesting to me because the supposed god Baal, one of the things that he was supposed to be a god of, is a god of rain. So here they are worshiping this God of rain for three years, and it never rained. So right after God sent the fire, he told Elijah that he would send the rain. So Elijah would let Ahab know that rain was coming, and rain did come. I love that. It's almost like God showing off. He's saying, you know what? You wanted me to burn this up with fire? Not only did I burn up the offering, but I brought the rain too, so I can do both. And after this, you would think it would be smooth sailing for Elijah. Everyone would come back around and everybody would just love on each other and start following the Lord, but not so fast. Right after Elijah had defeated and killed all the prophets of a false god called Baal, he was threatened by the words of one person. Her name was Jezebel and she was queen to Ahab. And she was the one who convinced the king in the first place to start following Baal. You can imagine, she probably didn't like how all of this ended up on the mountain. So Jezebel made this promise that she would kill Elijah within 24 hours. Elijah was just used by God to destroy a lot of people who wanted to destroy him. Yet this promise, this one promise from a queen, would fill Elijah with fear and he would enter in depression and worse. 1 Kings 19.3, it says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than any of my ancestors who have already died. And here is where I want to focus, and here is what we need to understand. It may seem obvious, but these prophets are human. A letter from Jezebel would send Elijah running and fearing for his life. And we can sit back and say, really? After what God just did through you, how could you be scared of this one thing? Of course he's scared, because he's human. He has fears, and mostly because he's just had enough. Have you ever just had enough? I guarantee all of us have, and maybe we're in that place right now where we just one more thing and we're just done. 
You know, after Elijah reads this letter, he takes off. Then he leaves his servant behind and heads into the wilderness. And it's here in the wilderness that Elijah would pray that he would die. The scripture I just read says at the end, Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. This prophet, this powerfully used prophet of God with everything he witnessed and took part of, had enough, and he was just ready to die. I can imagine Elijah felt that there was no more hope, even after the demonstration on Mount Carmel. The king and Jezebel clung even tighter to their false god, and they were determined to destroy Elijah as well. You can get worn out, and you know what? It's perfectly okay. You know, sometimes we think because we're Christians and you know, when our friends see us or family, we have to put on this face that everything's just perfect. I would submit to you that if you've been a Christian for any time period, that you would you have faced times when you were just worn out, wanted to give up, frustrated, and angry. That is reality. I don't believe there has been anybody that's lived an entire life on this planet as a Christian and everything was perfect every single day. God doesn't even guarantee that for us. He can take things and turn them into our good, but we will struggle, and I'm telling you today, it is okay. Don't think you are less of a Christian just because you feel worn out, and you feel discouraged, and you feel fear. Those are normal human reactions. We all have them. But take heart, because God takes care of us, and God takes care of Elijah. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. I love that part. You know, he wakes up and he's got a meal waiting for him, prepared by an angel. I don't think anybody could ever say that that's actually happened to them. But here he was. They were taking care of Elijah. And then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for the journey ahead will be too much for you. Journey ahead? <laughs> he just said I, he wanted to die, and he's, you know, fell asleep and has no energy. But yet God has more things for him to do. So he got up. And he ate and he drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, he got up and went to a place that would comfort him. He went to the mountain, Mount Sinai, to be with the Lord. The Lord never told him to go there, but that's where he ended up. So Elijah replied, he said, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now you're trying to kill me too. He was being honest. He was being honest with the situation. But God already knew this, obviously. But sometimes we just need to say it out loud and and. You know, what you need to tell him sometimes needs to come from your mouth. 
make sure you tell him be honest with God that's what Elijah did and and you know a lot of times we we feel somehow that you know we even we got to pretend to God that everything's okay God knows it's not it's okay to be honest and say you know what God I can't I can't do this anymore and I don't know what to do be truthful when you pray be honest to God you can't hide and you can't fool God you can't hide your feelings he already knows how you're feeling Elijah was honest and told God that you know he'd done everything yet <laughs> here he is alone on a mountain and everybody wants him dead this is what the Lord responds to him with go out and stand before me on the mountain the Lord told him and as Elijah stood there the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Elijah needed to meet with God. He was desperate. We all want to do that we all want an encounter with God we are all desperate for him I wonder if sometimes we miss out when God shows up because we're expecting something different you know I love how God presents himself to Elijah with a whisper so let me ask this question are we listening for a whisper or are we expecting lightning earthquakes and the like you know, I think we expect God to appear bigger than our enemy. But here's the deal. Our God is so powerful that a whisper can send any enemy fleeing. Are we quiet enough to hear the whisper? Or are we being distracted? So I want to encourage you because this encouraged me this week. This story of Elijah and how real he was with God and how God revealed himself. It gives me hope. I hope it brings you the same. I need you to take time. Time to be still. And time to listen and to be restored. Be honest with God when you talk to him. Tell him how you feel. Do not feel guilty with it. He already knows. Tell him. And I guarantee he will show up for you. And it will probably be in the whisper. Just be ready to hear it. Thank you so much for listening today. And I pray that you have a wonderful week. I pray that you, as you seek the Lord, you find him. And that the struggles you are dealing with start to melt away in the quiet whisper of our Lord and Savior. God bless.